I salute you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Open the Word of God with me to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Today, in the first half of our day together, we shall honor the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, and yet we don't do it foolishly like so many do it. We do not have stained glass windows or little alcoves built into the walls with statues of the statues of the apostles, nor do we claim to have an apostle in this room, right. like the charismatics have done in our city and like the Catholics have done for a long time. However, without the apostles, you wouldn't have heard the truth of the gospel. You wouldn't know about Jesus Christ without those apostles. And what we have before us in John 15 and 16 is a transcendent event that will change the world. And that was to prepare 11 men to go and preach the gospel and to judge the nation of Israel and to unleash the truth that would be given them by the Holy Spirit. And they'd be killed for it. And we'll read about that today. I want to share with you Matthew 19. Remember that I've told you John chapters 13 through 17 are rather unique. The other Gospels don't have them. But the other Gospels have little tiny bits and pieces that we can add to John 13 through 17. And I want to add one of those right now. A rich young ruler has gone away from Jesus. Jesus has explained that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he explains that with men that's impossible, but nothing's impossible with God. God's able to save rich men, and he did, and we have some of them recorded in the New Testament. Verse 27, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, and follow thee, what shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen and amen. Let me briefly try to explain this verse to you. Nowhere else in the Bible is the word regeneration used like it is here. You wouldn't want to compare this passage to Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, which speaks about the regeneration of the soul of a dead sinner. This is talking about an event called the regeneration when Jesus Christ would sit in his throne. How long after this did Jesus Christ sit in his throne? But a few weeks. And he sat in the throne of his glory because he was received up in to glory. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, angels and principalities being subject to him. Regeneration here, a cross-reference word for it would be reformation. Here it's regeneration. Hebrews 9.10, it's reformation, meaning a new religion, a new form of worship, a new covenant being established and the apostles being administrators of it. Jesus had already told the woman of Samaria in John 4, that there was a new form of worship coming. It was still future. Some of it was present. Most of it was yet to come. He told that woman in John chapter 4, there was a new law making the old law of very little value. The deadness of the letter of the old law was replaced by life in Christ. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3. There was a new priesthood, there were new sacrifices, and this cup is the New Testament in my blood. So that was the regeneration. There was a new form of worship called the Reformation in Hebrews chapter 9. That's enough on that point. The other Gospels put it this way. Mark chapter 13 verse 34. The Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And we know when that happened. Luke put it this way. I appoint unto you a kingdom that ye may sit at my table in my kingdom and judge the twelve tribes of Israel. And that was at the Last Supper in Luke chapter 22. So we understand this as part of the commission and charging of the apostles to go out and administer his kingdom in his absence. It's 12. Look at that 28th verse. Ye shall sit upon 12 thrones, so he's speaking to 12, and you'll judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Just a, that means it's apostolic. This is simply and only an apostolic charge. It's not to the rest of the church. It's to those apostles. But I want to remind you that we, we never want to be so strict with words that we miss metaphorical or broader uses of them. There were 13 tribes of Israel. And if you use all the names that are used for the tribes of Israel, there were 14. Because Joseph was pulled out and his two sons were put in, and Levi was pulled out to make room for his two sons. So there's a total of 14 names. Just remember that. Don't let anyone play with words in the Bible. There's a sense to be put upon words. And that's a minor point for what I want to say right now. And there's 16 apostles that are identified in the New Testament because there were 12 here. Judas Iscariot was taken out and replaced by Matthias. That makes 13. Then there was Paul, Barnabas, and James, the brother of our Lord, all called apostles in the New Testament, which makes 16. But still, 12 is the representative number of the tribes. 12 is the representative number of the apostles. And we don't play games with God's word. I don't care if you call 12 in John 16 and don't say the word 11. We all know what you mean. Because whatever those 11 learned, they taught Matthias later, and Paul learned it firsthand from the Lord Jesus Christ. But now look at this verse about these apostles. Peter said, we have forsaken all. We're not like this rich young ruler. He's a ruler. And he wouldn't follow you, Lord. We have followed thee. What will you do for us, therefore? And Jesus said, ye which have followed me and have forsaken all to do so, that's implied from Peter's question, in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory, when the great mystery of godliness has reached a further stage of Jesus being received up into glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now the Bible says that the apostles are twelve stones, twelve foundation stones. Are they really stones or are they metaphorical stones? The Bible says they are 12 foundations. Are they foundations metaphorically or literally? It's metaphorically. And there's this judging that is metaphorical because it's spiritual. They weren't going to have a position given to them by the Jews for their judging, but they had a position given to them by Jesus for their judging, and it was the office of apostle. Did they do any judging? They arraigned the Jewish leaders for murder. They condemned the Jewish leaders for murder with wicked hands. Acts chapters 2 and 3. They promised great destruction upon the city of Jerusalem and the leveling of the temple. Stephen was stoned because he said, God is going to destroy this place. 
as we read in Acts chapter 6, who was just a deacon appointed by these apostles. In Acts chapter 2, they were given great power. They defied the Jewish leadership to stop preaching. They rejected circumcision. They replaced the Sabbath. You want to talk about judging? That They judged doctrinally and practically and then put it in writing that we have in the apostles, we have it in the epistles, and we have the record of it in the Acts of the Apostles. They said that all men were kings and priests. They, they preached about a new high priest that replaced the Levitical priesthood. They preached about a new king that was greater than Caesar. They preached about a new city of Jerusalem. They preached about a new Mount Zion. They condemned the Jews as being unworthy of everlasting life and sent the gospel to the Gentiles. That's a lot of judging, brethren. They told exactly what to do to the man taken in fornication in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And when two people walked into the church of Jerusalem and lied to them about their giving, they fell down dead. That was a lot of judging and fear came upon all men when they heard about these twelve apostles and how what happened when men tried to lie to Peter, who was a liar himself. Isn't that amazing? In 50 days. You know how I meant that. He betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ and denied. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ. They took the gospel to the Gentiles. They promised that the temple would be destroyed. They promised new customs. In Acts chapter 7, they gave new scriptures to replace and add to the old. They had new ordinances like water baptism. They had a special table to eat and sit with the Messiah of Israel. They had miracles condemning the Jewish rulers left and right. And when did it happen? When Jesus sat on his throne, was received up into glory, the angels were made subject to him. He sat down at the right hand of God. He had the Father's throne, according to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. The Lord Jesus Christ was exalted and crowned with honor and glory. Now that is a transcendent event. And these 11 men that were fishermen from Galilee were empowered to do all that, and they did it immediately. When you read Acts chapter 2, and you know I spent a number of Sundays just a few months ago going through Acts chapter 2 in detail, these apostles were great men. Today, we want to see the glory of the apostles as God's chosen men of the highest rank. We also want to see the Lord Jesus Christ's glory in His personal comfort and instruction of them to prepare them for their great work. And we want to embrace that Holy Spirit that was given to them for the life-changing power that He is able to give every one of us. That we can be great in the sight of God and bear much fruit as well. And so we have Matthew 19.28, which is to be linked with Mark 13.34 and linked with Luke 22.28-30, through 30, that, in, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Amen. At this point, they were terrified of the Jewish leadership. Fifty days after John 15 and 16, the Jewish leadership was terrified of them. What a change. And brethren, we have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves because of those men. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious word. We wouldn't know these things if you hadn't written them down for us. Let us pray. Holy Father, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth. We thank Thee, Lord of glory, that Thou art the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ.
And that you sent him into this world for us sinners. And that you gave him great power and excellency, received him up into glory after his death and resurrection, and empowered his apostles to go and preach his gospel and everything that he had commanded them to do. And we thank thee that we have the residual benefits of their labors yet this day. We thank thee for the kingdom of thy dear son that you have translated us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom. We thank thee that in the days of the Roman Empire, the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And we thank thee that great foundation stones and foundations themselves in the holy city have the names of the twelve apostles upon them. We thank thee for those men. We thank thee for the men they ordained. We thank thee for the men those ordained men ordained. And we thank Thee that we have heard the joyful sound. Heavenly Father, today we have assembled in the name of Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We love Him and thank Thee for Him. We thank Thee for sending Him to die for us. We thank Him for being willing to die for us. We thank Thee that He sits at Thy right hand, that He satisfied Your holy demands of Your holy law, and that He makes intercession for us. We thank Thee for the gift of the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven on the day of Pentecost. We thank Thee that He fills us, that He witnesses to us, that we are the sons of God, and Thou art Abba, Father. Father, we thank Thee for His power in us to do everything that Jesus Christ expects of us. And we ask that this day we will see the Gospel clearly, We will see your son clearly and love him dearly. That we will see these eleven pitiful, sorrowful, weak, discouraged, fearful men. And know that by the power of the Holy Ghost, such men can be great, fruitful, and utilized for your kingdom purposes. Just like we can be by that same spirit and same power. Heavenly Father, forgive us. O Lord, for neglecting your kingdom in thought, word, and deed. Forgive us for sinning against our King. Forgive us for neglecting these gospel truths about the Lord Jesus Christ and His apostles. Heavenly Father, we are worthy of greater judgment than those that neglected and disobeyed the commandments given by angels of the Old Testament. And we can see that judgment that fell on the nation of Israel in 70 A.D. O Lord, spare us and have mercy upon us and hear our prayer at this moment and see the desire of our spirits that are willing and remember our flesh and its weakness and give us strength and lift up our hearts and direct our minds in this assembly that we will look heavenward and see the Lord Jesus Christ And that we will see the great work of the apostles by his commission to them. Heavenly Father, for the things prayed by the men in the back room this morning. And for these things we ask now. That the word of the Lord might have free course and be glorified here and abroad. We pray for every one of your churches, every one of your servants, every one of your saints. Be with them this day. Open the word of God to us. Open our hearts to it. And let our open our lips that we might glorify Thee 
in song and prayer and preaching and praise. Father in heaven, we thank Thee for these precious scriptures that You not only inspired, but preserved to us. We thank You for scribes. We thank You for men like William Tyndale. We thank Thee for King James, the sixth of Scotland and the first of England, who ordered this Bible to be made. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for putting it in our tongue, our mother tongue, that we can understand. And we pray that this day we'll appreciate every word we have in writing of that transcendent event of Jesus Christ our Lord turning authority over to His apostles to whom He appointed a kingdom and charged them to rule and judge over the twelve tribes of Israel and who wrote down the rules for our church even to this day. We are blessed abundantly. Be with us, Heavenly Father. Let our assemblies today please Thee and delight Thy soul as we worship Thee and according to the due order and what Scripture teaches us. We wait upon Thee for Thy blessing. Without Thee, there shall be no blessing. With Thee, we shall be blessed. Have mercy upon us, for we pray in that name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.